Hello, believers. It's Dr. Shantae. I'm back. Welcome to another season of the podcast. This is the first season of Believing Bigger, but the third season of the podcast. If you guys listened last season, then you know that this was a transition in the making. And so, like I said, all of the changes really happened on my end in terms of the artwork and the title change and things like that. So if you had any trouble finding me, then the new podcast title is Believing Bigger with Dr. Shantae. And I am excited to be back. And this week, I'm excited about our guest, Lovey Ajayi. I'm sorry, New York Times bestselling author, Lovey Ajayi. At the time of this interview, she was just getting ready to launch her book. And we already spoke it into existence that it was going to be a bestseller. But Lovey of Awesomely Lovey, if you haven't followed her blog, she is hilarious. She is a perfect example of what it is to be a content creator, to just speak with authenticity, to be unapologetic about who you are, and for the most part, pretty unfiltered. And she's been rewarded for that. And so her book, I'm Judging You, is out in stores. And if you are in Chicago this weekend, then the Chicago part of her book launch is going to be in full effect. And so I invite you to come out. But without further ado, here is my interview with Lovey Ajayi. I'm judging you. Enjoy. Do please welcome Miss Lovey Ajayi to the show. Welcome, Lovey. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm excited about this interview for a number of reasons. First of all, if you guys have not read Lovey's work, you are missing it. You are missing out. I recently, this summer, finally forced myself to sit down and watch the entire series of Game of Thrones. So, from season one, all the way to season six. And when I got to your post about Hodor, I was crying. I was crying. (laughs) I was cackling. She was like, I just wasn't no more good after that. And I totally understood because Hodor was so ride or die. He was. Oh my gosh. And I was mad at Bran. I'm like, why you just couldn't stay on task? I mean, oh my gosh. Right. He just, oh, that, that just ruined my life. I just... It was hard. It was hard. Um, But the thing about it is, is that, you know, Lovey has this great way of capturing those in the moment, exactly what you're thinking. And she pulls that out onto the page. And so we're going to be talking about her book a little bit later in the show. But I want to start with you have been in the blogging game for more than 10 years now. So can you tell us a little bit about where your blog started and how it's kind of evolved to where it is? My blog, so I actually started blogging 13 years ago while I was in college. I was uh, peer pressured into doing it and because my friends were like, oh, um, you should actually have this web blog. And I was like, okay. So I started one. I was a school columnist. I was a columnist for the school paper at that point, too. So I had like a weekly column that was on the back of the paper that showed up every Wednesday. So it just worked and I just loved to write. So my blog... It was just about random undergrad life, nothing important. Mm-hmm. And then when I graduated in 2006, I deleted that blog. So I was like, oh, I've outgrown this. I'm going to start something new. And what I started is what is now awesomelylovey.com, which turned 10 years old in August. Wow. And so Awesomely Lovey is about 
many things. You know, you've written about scandal and pop culture. You've written about um, on a on a sidebar, like when this show is over, we're going to have a whole conversation about like that whole Bishop Eddie Long post because I was oh my dead. God. I was dead on arrival. Um, <laughs> I know some of you guys are listening right now. You're thinking, so Bishop Eddie Long, who's that? All I'm going to tell you is just Google it and and look for Lovey's post. Um, it'll make your whole life. But yeah. in terms of, of doing this for 10 years, it's obviously going to change and it's obviously going to move. So how is it that you make the decisions about what Awesomely Lovey is going to be presenting to your audience? Um, you know, so my blog covers all things pop culture from TV, movies, technology, to race, to travel, to just randomness. Mm-hmm. And my blog is really me. It's, and I didn't limit it to one type of topic because I didn't want to put myself in a box. Mm-hmm. I like to talk about all things. So my blog is basically that on a larger scale. So it means, you know, one day you might go on there and hear about why I hate Spirit Airlines so much. <laughs> I call it the black licorice of the skies. Man, so plain. <laughs> so it is so plain on like if so plain got even worse. But like and then the other day, you know, the next day after that I might be talking about Game of Thrones. And the day after that, I might be talking about police brutality. So it is to give people a variety of things. Like, you know, when you wake up every day, you're not just thinking about one thing all the entire day. And I want my site to be the forum where people can come to see really smart commentary, funny, thoughtful from me and my audience. And that's why a lot of people will say that they read my work half for mine and then the other half to read what other people say in response to it because I have the funniest audience yes on the face of the planet they are the funniest people ever so creative I mean like if you guys are familiar with black twitter I promise you like 30% of black twitter is lovey's audience because <laughs> they, go, they go hard in the paint I'm telling you um they are like right there with you and they're always ready to engage which can be difficult to do and there's a lot of of people out there right now that are thinking like well blogging is kind of like past its time and something really key that you said listeners I want you guys to hone in on the fact that she said that she her blog is an extension of who she is and so lovey is her brand lovey is her platform and sometimes people get really excited about something in the beginning and then it becomes very kind of monotone and they want to break out but they've already branded themselves as something else and Mm -hmm. so I think it's really smart what lovey is saying that she made the daily musings and and pop culture and, and her feelings about technology and life and culture, the centerpiece of, of her blog. But I do have to ask you, do you think that blogging has passed its time? Like if you didn't start in the game 10 years ago, five years ago, has it reached its usefulness? No, because see, blogging is here to stay because bloggers are now the influencers. We're the citizen journalists. We're the ones that people are getting news from and our ideas and opinions and analysis. So it's not that blogging itself has passed the stage. Blogging is oversaturated though. And the difference here is if you were to start a blog today, mm-hmm. you would have a har- harder time getting to the top of the mountain, whatever that looks like, just because there's millions and millions of other blogs who've been here before you, who've built an audience. But that doesn't mean there's no room for you. Right. A bit harder, but it might also mean that maybe your voice is what people are missing right now. And maybe it's what they need to cut through. And you never know. You might you might get to the top. 
And this is really important because this is what discourages a lot of people. A lot of people kind of look at the landscape and they say, oh, somebody's already doing that. Somebody's already mm-hmm. writing about that. But what Lovey said is very key. You're not a part of that conversation yet. And maybe that is what's missing. You know, I always use the, the example of sweet potato pie. I don't know about you. I can't eat everybody's sweet potato pie. I just yep. can't. I am, yep. I am unable to can. As Lovey would say, <laughs> I am unable um, because every, it just doesn't, mm-mm, you just can't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, is that regardless of how many sweet potato pies are out there, there are certain ones that just truly resonate with you. And that is honestly, I think, what has kept Lovey in the game for so long because she is not just awesomely Lovey, but she's authentically Lovey. And yeah. I want to talk to you about that too because your voice is just so it's like off the cuff and, it, and a lot of times it seems unedited and unfiltered is that the truth or do you still edit yourself you know 10 years into blogging um i am not completely unedited because my stream of consciousness is completely ratchet sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so like but it's mostly me as in like it's you're probably seeing 90% of myself unedited um I think one of the things that has made me stand out is just because I'm speaking, I'm saying a lot of the things say themselves. Right. Um, it's, it's the feedback that I get a lot where people are like, oh man, you basically just spoke my truth and I didn't even know I had it in me. <laughs> um, sometimes you just need that one person to be the one to say it first so everybody else can join the chorus, which is fine. Um, and a lot of times I'm that person. And I think that's really important, you know, so listeners, The thing is, is that a lot of times where people crash and burn is that they're trying to write blogs or they're trying to produce podcasts or they're trying to host shows and they're trying to do it for someone else's approval or someone else's endorsement or you're following some script or some format thinking that this is the way that it ought to be done Mm -hmm. instead of just really tapping into that authentic, unedited voice because Truth is powerful and people can't always relate to that filtered, edited version of yourself that, you know, we like to present on social media and other places. And when you speak, speak your truth, it is absolutely going to resonate with somebody else. And I I think that is one of the things that Lovey has done really brilliantly. Thank you. I think it's powerful, too, for people to understand that sometimes when it is really hard for them to say what they need to say is when it's most necessary mm-hmm. and like this is even something that I, this is a point I even make in my book where I'm just like honestly the times when you had to kind of rocky yourself up to be like okay come on and say it because you know you need to say it mm-hmm. usually those are the times when you when you don't say it you regret it later exactly Exactly. And you have missed your moment and the time has passed. And so you have to kind of like capitalize when you feel it. That's the time to to say it, to speak it. And actually, that's a great transition. One of the things that I have really admired about Lovey and I remember. So not only is she famous for her blogs, but she's also famous for her Twitter rants. And (laughs) this particular rant, um, you had called out a lot of beauty bloggers. And you took them to task because this is when, you know, things like Trayvon Martin and Black Lives Matter was really starting to kind of bubble up. And one too many things had happened. And you basically were saying, can you put your edge jail down for one second and just Mm -hmm. post a hashtag? Can you Mm -hmm. give some cursory acknowledgement to the fact that there's something going on besides your twist out right now? And Mm -hmm. I wanted you to to speak to that because there was some. 
there was some healthy debate about it. Some people said, well, you know, people respond to tragedy in different ways. You know, just because I'm not using my platform to speak to that doesn't mean that I'm not doing something. So can you tell me about where you were coming from with that and about using your platform for bigger purposes? So that was when the Charleston shooting happened. Yes. Killed in a place of worship like that in a a sanctuary and it was like the ultimate violation so when it happened um i i I of course took to social media to talk about it i wrote about it and you know i just sent my love to charleston with my words and i donated where i could so somebody messaged me like a week after it happened somebody who read my blog and said she reads my blog all the time and she loves my work but she was messaging me to thank me because I chose to speak up about Charleston and she lost two cousins in that shooting. Mm. And I got upset because I was like, for you to be thanking me, it means I am more of the exception than I am the rule, which is a problem. Yeah. Like people who are sitting at home, throwing up outfits of the day posts are not, showing love to Charleston they're still so I kind of paused for a hot second and then I watched my timeline for a couple of days afterwards and saw just to see if like my blogger friends were saying something mm-hmm. and I noticed that like overall a lot of the beauty bloggers were not they were just throwing up after the day post they put throwing up makeup tutorial not an acknowledgement that this thing happened right so I took to Twitter one night was like okay this is this is not okay because here's the thing. We all have these platforms that we built and we have these people who read our work and they're fans, but they're being affected by the things happening in, in, in the world every day. And, you know, if we can't take the time out to say something, even if it's just throwing up a hashtag, if it, even if it's just saying, you know what, Charleston, my heart bleeds for you, even if it just means I am thinking about Charleston. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't asking for people to write um tomes and essays and 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 books about charleston i was just saying just acknowledge that this happened mm-hmm. and i got so much backlash for it i was actually shocked yeah because i was like how dare you and your lowered expectations life right be offended <laughs> that i tell you to use your platform for something beyond shenanigans and makeup posts how dare you be offended by the idea that you using your work for greater than selfishness mm-hmm. it should be something that we expect. And, you- and I mean, I would, I would, I would repeat what I said three times, four times, five times. I stand behind it and beside it. You know, my granny always say, when you throw a shoe into a pack of dogs, it's the hit dog that's going to bark. And yep. I, <laughs> that's exactly what happened is that, you know, lovey stepped on some toes and, you know, listeners, I really want to, want to pause there just for a quick second and understand that you are missing an opportunity when you don't take a moment. Like she said, nobody's asking you to, you know, write soliloquies, you know, but when you just don't take a moment to acknowledge that your audience is hurting, that your audience is affected by things that are happening in the world, you know, especially so fast forward, that was Charleston. And it just seems like 
and the black community just wave after wave, just hit mm-hmm. after hit, you know, another hashtag name after another hashtag name. And at some point, you just can't keep turning a blind eye because the truth of the matter is, is that when these things are happening, nobody cares about your edges anymore. Nobody cares about your lip gloss anymore. People care about the things that are happening in the world. And so I just really applaud applauded Lovey for taking a stand and for standing her ground because sometimes you know how that is right when people start getting the backlash they start you know doing the two-stepping and backing up and see what I had meant was but Mm -hmm. Lovey said "Uh uh-uh nope I I, I said what I meant and I meant (laughs) what I said and you know you don't like it that's on you but Lovey's gonna keep it moving and one thing that you did say which I appreciated in that conversation was you was like I've not missed one check (laughs) <laughs> you said I'm oh, still I have not <laughs> so that's that's another thing that a lot of people were saying that like they were afraid that brands wouldn't come to them and I was like look I've had the loudest year of my career talking about race and feminism and politics and religion and injustice in general and it was also my most profitable year mm. like I worked with conservative brands like McDonald's and they let me take over their Twitter account for a weekend I've worked with Hallmark and went to their headquarters that same year after all of that happened. After I was rah-rahing about social, you know, about social justice. I have not missed a check yet. It changed, that year changed the game for me. That was last year. And it was my first six-figure year. Bam. Y'all. Look, everybody, like, here's the thing. These PR companies don't want robots. They don't want people who are just brand shields they want whole humans whose audience trust their their judgment whose audience would would like jump off a cliff with them and if you're just a person who is just one-sided two-dimensional you're not that person you're not that person and the thing is is that believers you guys can't be afraid to have a voice to have an opinion and you know you have to and you have to also ask yourself truly who you're living your life for and what you're building and who you're building your platform for. Because the fact of the matter is at the end of the day, entrepreneurship platform building, it's too hard. It's too hard and it's too much work and it requires too much of yourself and too much time and consistency to just be a rubber stamp, to just be a carbon copy of, of what somebody else is doing. It's like when you put blood, sweat, tears and hustle into this game, you're not doing it just to be a scoop of vanilla ice cream. You have to make that distinction. And I, I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. Which by the way, so let's talk about, you know, the profit piece of it, because tell, tell everyone, what were you doing before you decided to do awesomely lovey full time? Um, I was doing marketing, uh, in communications for a nonprofit in Chicago. Um, my, my background is in digital communications and marketing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was actually teaching, I was working for a nonprofit that taught other nonprofits how to use social media to tell their stories better. Okay. So I was a marketing coordinator for that. Now, so I was basically, everything I love to do was in that job. So it was perfectly something that I love to do, but I think I started getting restless because I realized that I was bigger than where I was. And what made you decide to finally take that leap of faith and say, "Okay, I'm walking away from the job. I'm going to do this full out. It was decided for me. I got laid off when (laughs) budgets were cut. Okay, so it was like the the universe pushing me to take the leap of faith. I was too afraid to take myself. And you know what? A lot of times this is this is the perfect story of how you pretty much turn your lemons into lemonade, like Mm -hmm. legit. (laughs) Um, 
sometimes you you don't have the uh, wherewithal and we get what's called paycheck paralysis. Yes. You know, we love the phrase to use for that. We love us some direct deposit, you know, and it's one of those things where you pretty much made the most because you could have went right out there and be like, okay, I got laid off. I need to hustle up on another nine to five. But you kind of put your energy and your efforts into your platform. And how did you know what was the confirmation for you that you had made the right decision? Well, here's the thing, though. Paycheck paralysis doesn't end when you get fired or like laid off or like you lose whatever that thing is. I didn't accept that I was supposed to be doing this automatically. Mm -hmm. I was still like, let me let me go look for a full time job because Lord knows I don't know anybody who's a writer full time and making money. Right. So I still fought it tooth and nails. I still kind of didn't take my gifts seriously as a writer. I still thought I was supposed to be working for other people. And, you know. I would go on LinkedIn looking for a job, but one never happened because anytime I go look for a job, I would get a new client who's like, Hey, I need social media strategy. Cool. And this was my, this is what I love to do. So I kept on doing it for myself, mm-hmm. but I still didn't think this is it. This is the, this is what you're going to be doing. This writing thing, make it work. No, I fought it. And I finally started getting affirmation that, okay, I think you're, you as a writer, that's your purpose. Like, I would be getting emails from people who would say things like, um, you know, I was reading your blog while I was sitting in the um, waiting room as my mom got chemotherapy. Reading your blog was the only reason why I wasn't crying. Mm. You know, I would get notes like that anytime I was ready to quit. <laughs> so it was kind of like grabbing my face and I finally had to start paying attention. And when I did, it's when really cool things started happening. I love it. You know, somebody once said that, you know, what you want wants you to. Yes. And once you step into that space, I mean, it's like, yes, I was waiting for you to show up so that I can, you know, manifest this thing for you. And I would be remiss if I did not ask you about your process. So I know, you know, to keep a blog going for a year, let alone 10, 13 years, is no joke. So tell us about your process. Do you um, blog in batches? Do you have a set time where you sit down every week and like, these are the hours that I write? How does the process work for you so that you can keep your content consistent? And do you have a team supporting you in that? Um, my writing process is, it's, it, there's no big routine. If I have something I need to write about, I'll sit down and turn it out. Sometimes it'll take me 20 minutes. Sometimes it'll take me three hours. Mm -hmm. It just really depends on how ready the words are to drop. Because a lot of times when I'm writing, I don't have an outline. I just straight go to paper. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a matter of when I'm pushed to write. And I do have a team now because I, I, was a, I was an empire of one before. Mm-hmm. I finally had to get an assistant because not only do I do Red Pump stuff, I also run a national nonprofit called the Red Pump Project, and we raise awareness about the impact of HIV and AIDS in women and girls. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of hats that I wear. I finally had to realize that I cannot do this by myself anymore. I was mm-hmm. burning out. And listeners, I know that we talked about this last season, but, you know, I always go back to the Lord. I'm like, look now, Jesus had disciples. If Jesus had a team, you need a team. Okay. It might might be a team of one, you know, it might be a team of four or five, but, but walking this, this journey alone, it, it is, 
it's too much for one person to bear. And so your process is pretty much when the words come to you, you get them out in that moment. And then sometimes I don't get it out in that moment. Sometimes I'll just like wait on it. Sometimes I'll put bullet points down. It's always different. Now, do you have a consistent posting schedule like once a week or just whenever the mood strikes? I used to post every day. Wow. Um, and now I don't because getting ready for my book tour and just my, I basically took myself on a summer break by just being like, I'm just not going to do that much this summer, but I end up doing a lot, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think also now with my book tour happening, people aren't going to see as many posts from me just because I'm going to be running around the freaking world. Yep. But... Yeah, I try to post at least once or twice a week, even on a slow week. Okay. My audience is used to that now, so they become, they come looking for me when I don't write nothing. But like, um, hello. <laughs> they are so ridiculous sometimes. They will pitch a tent on my lawn like, ref- I am refreshing your blog right now. I'd be like, seriously? Seriously. <laughs> I love them, though. Well, let's talk about your book. I'm judging you. First of all, I love the title and the, if you guys haven't seen the book cover, it's, it's trademark love it. You know, the side eye emoji. I said, I love it. I said, that is it right there. So tell us about the book, what people can expect, what inspired you to write it? Because it's, it's going to be a bona fide bestseller, like already dropping September 13th. Tell us about your new book. I claim that bestseller. Come on and say it. Yes. Um, so my book is called I'm Judging You, The Do Better Manual. Mm-hmm. And it is a collection of essays on life, culture, social media, and fame. I basically talk about why we're all ridiculous, why mm-hmm. we all need to do better. And I just realized the book is basically like the good angel that's sitting on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's like, you can make better decisions than that. And... Um, how I got the idea was to I should have the exact moment when I got the idea for my book because I was tweeting at that moment. See, Twitter rants can lead to good stuff. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, a journalist, I put this in quotation marks, had plagiarized my work. He lifted like three paragraphs of my work, what? dropped it. A piece that he wrote did not give me any credit or even act like it was a quote from me. What? But because I have a very strong voice, my audience can detect stuff for me in advance which is what they did like somebody hit me up a couple of people hit hit me up was like hey this thing that I just read sounds like you and I was like that's because they stole from me like these are my words so I go in I let him have it okay and he messages me to say oh I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that really did he pull a Melania Trump yes wow okay (laughs) blew my mind and I literally was like going off again on Twitter and I said on a, on August 4th 2014 at 6, 6 p.m. because I'm looking at the tweet right now <laughs> did some of us get a limited edition handbook that others didn't get you know the one that gives instructions on how not to suck oh. and literally in that moment it was one of those cartoon light bulb moments mm-hmm. where I was like oh snap that's the book I need to write yes And that's how I got the idea for my book. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, guys, right now, you know, you guys can cop it on Amazon. Tell everybody where it's going to be available. I know you're going to do a book tour. I'm so excited that Lovey is in Chicago, which means that she's local. So, of course, I always root for sisters that are doing big things in Chicago. So give us the rundown on where we can get it, how we can find you and how best to support you. 
my book is available for purchase everywhere books are sold. Damn. So if you even walk into a bookstore and that bookstore is like, oh, we don't have her book. All you have to do is be like, you should get Lovey's book and they'll order it. So it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, independent bookstores on iTunes. I recorded the audio book myself. So that's on Audible. Love it. There's so whatever version of book you like. My book comes in it. Um, people can go to I'mJudgingYouBook.com. It'll give them the exact links that they can use uh, to purchase my book. And my book tour kicks off on September 13th, which is the day the book drops. Yes. It kicks off in Brooklyn. Okay. It kicked up in Brooklyn. And then so far I've announced about 10 other cities. And it's also all those... Uh, tour stops and cities are on I'm judging you book.com so people can definitely get all the information they need there fantastic so listeners I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes my copy is already pre-ordered I cannot wait to get it lovey I cannot thank you enough for being on the show and I do wish you incredible success I already see it in your future you are destined my sister and I will send a prayer up to that effect I appreciate you. Thank you so much for supporting my book in this way, in any way, really. So I really think people are going to love this thing I, I wrote. I think so, too. Thank you guys so much. Listeners, if you guys have any feedback, any questions, anything for Lovey, you know you can hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram. I'll definitely be posting this and my takeaways from her interview, and you guys can read all about it in the show notes. Until next time, we are out. <laughs>